Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's a big day here at To The Point. We're celebrating episode 50. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Oh, yeah. Welcome to The Point with Kristen Burt. I love this song. I've had it in my head all day long. This is episode 50. I didn't even know it was episode 50 until someone was like, by the way, it's episode 50, which is amazing. Thank you for all of you guys who have been here since episode one. We sure appreciate it. And joining me for episode 50 is choreographer Gigi Torres. Hi, how are you? I'm great, how are you? I'm fantastic. We've never met before. So this is going to be like a whole new experience. Lots of discovery today, which I absolutely love. Um, I thought I'd do a little question of the day because it's also National Sibling Day. It's like National Sibling Day, Equal Pay Day. There's so much. It's free ice cream cone day at Ben and Jerry's. But we're going to talk about National Sibling Day and I'm going to make it dance related. Who is your favorite dance siblings? So there's a lot out there. You got like Derek and Julianne Huff. You've got let's see. Oh, how about like Chloe and Maude Arnold? They're fantastic I tappers. Maddie so and Mackenzie Ziegler. Um, like who else? Oh, how about Benji and Lacey Schwimmer? There's a lot out there. So if you guys want to answer the question, you can either do it in the YouTube comments below. You can tweet me, Facebook me, Instagram me, DM me. You know, you know where to find me. Um, do you have a favorite like set of dance siblings that you love? I really love Chloe and her sister Maude. It's it's they're amazing. They're so amazing, and I I relate to them so much because I'm about women empowerment. You know what, you guys, yeah, have you guys worked together at all, like, or, or pulling your two organizations together? Just we because? haven't, but we met a few weeks ago, so oh. that's nice. We exchange, exchange digits, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe something can happen. We had Chloe in here, I want to say, maybe about five, six weeks ago, and um, it's just, you know... It's it's really at this point where we all have to come together, and that you know, if you're if you're like minded, how do we collectively make an even more powerful and impactful voice? And right. I think that's a great. That's why I was like, you guys need to do something together. That's that's the dream. That's the dream to just work with your community who are again like minded mm-hmm. and doing the same thing and going for the same um, purpose of empowering women and making sure that women are confident. Oh, I love that. All right. We'll get into that, of course, you know, but we always like to hear um, people's dance stories. And you're a California baby, aren't you? I was born and raised here in California. You were. My goodness. (laughs) Were you um, up here in L.A. or are you um, Orange County? Orange County. All right. So you're behind the orange curtain. Yeah. (laughs) Where did you, uh, yeah, where did you train growing up? I grew up, so I started when I was three. And I so you were the little babies. Yep, studio baby. And I grew up at a Pacific Dance Studio mm-hmm. in Irvine, California. And I was doing jazz and ballet and lyrical, did some point for some years. And I found hip-hop when I was 14. And that ah. was my, like, thing where I'm like, oh. This is my thing. This is it. <laughs> was there a certain teacher that, like, got you in, like, just turned the light bulb on for you a little bit brighter and got, this is your style? Tim Stevenson was my first hip-hop teacher and opened my eyes to a whole different world of movement. That's incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's it's so freeing when you find out like what your style is, honestly. Totally. Because I think a lot of times kids, especially when you're a studio kid, and so many of us are and were and everything, um, and, and they want you to be well-trained, which is so important if you're planning on doing a professional career. But at the same time, having a little bit of a specialty is also a really great thing. And having something that just gives you so much joy. You know, you go to class and you're like, that's not class. It's Definitely. just so much fun. Yeah. What did it bring for you? It brought, well, first when I was... I loved dance, like, at all styles, and, but I just didn't feel like I, I belonged in some way, like, I felt like I was always kind of holding back, and so when I got into my first dance class, I remember Tim, he was like, okay, we're going across the floor, we're doing progressions, I'm like, what do you do progressions, how do we do hip-hop progressions, He's right. like, we're just gonna walk walk <laughs> and I'm used to doing you know jazz walks across. of course <laughs> yeah I mean there's isolations there's so many things that you can do but right. what's a hip-hop progression just beside like is it like I see in my head I'm like it's just like finding a little swag finding a little your groove like sit in the pocket because it's a totally different movement than jazz or ballet would be it definitely was and I think for me when we were going across the floor I remembered like oh I'm walking to Janet Jackson right now. Oh, yes. I can do whatever I want. It was so freeing to be able to just do me at that age. Mm-hmm. To be like, okay, I'm just going to groove and just walk with some bounce and and see how we go from there. And that was great. That's awesome. And you know, it's interesting, too, because when you're you're 14, like, your body's changing, everything feels awkward. But to find a movement that, like, makes you feel really good, especially at that really weird age where you're just like, oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. <laughs> it definitely is. It is. And and my teacher, he we used to dance for J-Lo. He's, um, he was good friends with uh, Chris Judd. And um, it was just nice to know that, like, oh, wow, I can do this, too. I can be... Uh, someone that is is in dancing with artists like that's what mm-hmm. I thought like that's a different world that I that I wanted to be in because I grew up loving like Paula Abdul and Janet Jackson so they're yeah. pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> I, I I still I'm like anytime Rhythm Nation comes on I'm yes. like oh god <laughs> um did you come up to LA to take classes were you also a competition kid where were you in this whole um, big scheme of the dance world. I was a competition kid for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, going to competitions like Car and and at that time we had um, another one called Czar and it, Car a, and Czar. Yeah, right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so I had that, and I didn't start coming up to LA to take class until I was eighteen. Interesting. I was eighteen. Did you, when you graduated from high school, did you make the decision that you were going to college and coming up to LA or were you coming just to dance? Because that, we've gone through this with a lot of people. I I went to NYU for dance and, um, in hindsight, in some ways, I'm like, oh, just go and do the dance thing because college will always be there. But I also understand, like, my parents were like, get your college education. They get nervous. But, um, the way things are now, I almost would say if a kid just had a passion, I'd be like, just go to L.A. or go to New York, do it. Mm-hmm. Well, it was different for me. Um, I'm born and raised in an Asian household. I'm Filipino. Mm-hmm. And I am first generation born here in the States. That's huge. So it's huge because my parents were like, you need to get a college degree here. This is why we America. came here yes. for this. So it was really hard for me to be like, okay, I'm going to go to school. But I, I went to school for a year and a half. I went to Cal State Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of jumped around with thinking I'm I'm going to do a dance major, but it was too modern for me. Um, I'm going to go and do nursing. I'm going to go and do uh, liberal studies to be an elementary school teacher. And it was just, I was jumping around so much because 
I just wanted to dance. I already know. Like, I just was trying to just kind of fill things that didn't serve me. And I, f- I was going to, um, to take class at Millennium and Debbie Reynolds mm-hmm. while I was supposed to be in class. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Like your I, parents obviously know this now, right? Oh yeah, they yeah do. they're they're they good. Do. We're, we're not. This is not new yes, news. <laughs> not new news. So I found myself not going to class, and after a while, I said, you know what? I I need to go for this full force, and I need to try this full force, and not just be pulled everywhere. And um, it took it took a long time for them to understand. Yeah, what is that like? Because I think it's very important, you know, parents have expectations. You, As a child, you never want to disappoint them. Even as an adult, I still don't want to disappoint them. Um, and especially where your parents came here to the United States and your first generation, there's yeah. additional pressure there. And I think that that is important to understand. A lot, yeah. um, when, how, how long did it take for them to really understand this and give, that, give you the blessing that you really needed? We're going to go a little deep right now. So. It's okay. <laughs> so when I decided to to drop out of college, they were not happy. Mm-hmm. And it was not comfortable in my home. Well, they're like, if you're going to do this, you're going to be paying for your own this. Your, you know, your car, your your phone, your insurance, your this and that. I'm like, okay. Fair I enough. To. It's fair enough. So I started yep. doing that. I'm like, well, I'm just going to move out too then. So I ended up moving out so I can have my own... Um, peace of mind that I'm like, I'm going to do this full force and no one's going to be in my ear saying me, saying to me that I can't do this. And so, um, I moved out and it honestly took five years. I went home during the holidays and things, but it, it took five years for my mom to accept what I do. And it, it came to the point where I, I went home and, and we talked it through. We were crying. And <laughs> was there a certain job that you could be like, but I'm dancing here or I'm doing this. It's taking me to another country or like across, you know, the U.S. Was there a, a there's sometimes there's always just like that critical point where yes. you're like, oh, my gosh, they understand. I started teaching overseas when I was 21. And um, to this point right now, I've taught in 30 different countries. Wow. And uh, so at that point, when I was about 24 years old, my my mom was like, wow, you're going to Japan and Hong Kong and Russia and and Spain to go teach and do what you do. I'm like, yes, all the work that you put into me when I was three. This is a success. <laughs> exactly. This is a success. This is the yeah. American dream. It may not have like a little diploma and a little cap and gown, but... That is a success. Right, right. And she believed in me when I was, when I felt like I was alone in the, in the studios at, you know, a young age. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I'm like, now I feel like I belong because now I can connect to others. I can um, teach them life skills. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And that's when she finally realized that, wow, you're doing this on a worldwide Yes scale. That's so awesome. Were there struggles? Um, and I, cause a lot of us don't understand, like our parents were born here. We were born here. Were there struggles being, um, that first generation that was born here in the United States, your parents, you know, immigrated here. Um, did you, did you feel out of place sometimes? Sometimes, sometimes because people would just be like, Oh yeah, I'm my generations. I've been here from my grandma, my great grandma. And I'm like, I don't know a lot from my from my history, my heritage, which kind of, it sucks sometimes because I want to be able to say something. Of course. Um, but I only know as far as 
what my parents can tell me about maybe their grandparents, but right. I can't go further than that. And so it was really hard, like, growing up when people would ask me or, like, as I was a kid, they're like, so, like, where are you from? And I'm like, well, I'm from here. You're like, Irvine? <laughs> Irvine. Yep. They're like, where are you from? I'm like, well, my parents are from Philippines, and, and I didn't go to the Philippines often. I maybe went twice as a kid. Have you gone back to teach in I the Philippines? Did. That's so cool. I did, back in 2012. That was, it was a really crazy experience because I was just like, wow, this is these are my people. <laughs> yeah, know? you know what? Um, I love, Filipinos are very supportive of the arts. I've really noticed that. And if you're like Filipino and on like American Idol or Filipino and on like one yeah. of these amazing competition shows, if you go to visit the Philippines, you are like super rock star. I love that. The outpouring of like passion and support is incredible. Yes. When I went to go teach, everybody called me Ate. And that's like a, um, a sign of respect for like Ooh. older kind of sister and they gave me pasalubo, which means like souvenirs. They all gave me gifts, all the students. I'm just holding all of these things like, what? This is crazy. That's so cool. So it was amazing for them. Oh, I love that. See, that. it all works out the way it's supposed to. It's just like you just need that like, you know, them, you need your parents just to see behind the wall of like, it's going to be good. You know, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> we're all going to be okay. Right. <laughs> totally. That's incredible. You've had, an, we were talking earlier too, you know, you've had kind of an interesting transition where you really knew you wanted to choreograph. That was your goal. Yes. You know, you were performing professionally, but you're like, I want to be a choreographer. Was that always a passion? Like as you were teaching and things like that, or was it something that you're like, that's my end game? Well, I started teaching at a studio for kids when I was 15 already, mm -hmm. and that is a really young age. I think about it now, I'm like, really? I started that at that <laughs> age? And and I think I was um, I was brought up by the studio owner to, to be a teacher, to really guide these kids with that. And I always had that with me. In high school, too, I was the, the officer of my dance team, and mm -hmm. I just, I felt like I knew I was supposed to lead in some way. And I'm not sure if it was supposed to be choreo like choreographing, um, but it it happened when I had my first opportunity to choreograph for Carnival. Choreographer's Carnival, Carnival here in Los Angeles, just so everybody knows what yeah. it is. Since <laughs> people from all over the globe watching this, so um, and, and do they do it once a month, or do they do it like every six weeks or so? They do it once a month. Once a month, okay. And the first opportunity I had was. Um, I was 20, mm -hmm. and they said, hey, uh, well, I, I went to them because I went through a really bad breakup, mm -hmm. and I just said I needed, to, I need to let something go. I need to bring a piece to life to bring out an emotion. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, actually, someone just dropped out for this month. Nice. I'm like, well... Here we go. This is it. <laughs> Whether I'm Here ready or go. not, this is it. <laughs> and what I did was I got all of my best girlfriends together that helped me through this breakup to help me dance the story on stage. And after we got off stage in Hollywood at the Key Club when it was there, that was the first time that I was like that I experienced dance nirvana. Mm -hmm. That that thing where you. You it's dance. runner's high. Right. Runner's you dance high. and you don't know what you're doing, but it feels so good. And then you snap out of it after the piece is done and you just feel so amazing. Yeah. Did you cry at all? Because I, sometimes it's just a release of all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Vomiting out the old relationship. Bye. <laughs> I actually, I didn't cry on stage, but I started crying after we walked off stage and I saw my best friend crying who was dancing with me. Uh, and I'm like, 
oh my gosh, she's like, I just feel for you, and I feel this, I just feel things, and I'm like, well, this is, this is what I want. That's, that's that one moment where I was like, I want this. I want my dancers to feel emotion. I want the audience to feel emotion. I want to share that story for them too, because everybody can relate. Everyone can relate. We've all been through a breakup, sadly. It's, yeah. and it, you know, it's and you, yeah, and you're like, I'm <laughs> never going to love everyone again. But you are. and But you need to go through it to get to the other side. And I'm like, if dance helps you get through it, what a wonderful way to get through it. Right. You know, instead of just like stalking your ex on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, that's what people yes. do these days. And I'm oh, like, no. no, like go out and run, dance, like sing, whatever it is. Because write, whatever, you know, because it's a much more cathartic way and I think healthy way to, to get through it all. Definitely. How would you describe your style as a choreographer? Ooh, um, it's a little, it's a mix of a lot of things because I was brought up with a lot of things. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's just hip hop, but mm-hmm. I do think it's a mix of hip hop and say like lyrical even because I loved kind of, I love doing like R&B music too. Um, and now that the term right now at this moment is called urban movement. Urban movement. So is that, would urban movement be considered like a fusion of styles kind of thing? Yes, I believe that. And I had this conversation too with, I was on a panel a few years ago and uh, they were just like, I don't think what you do is hip hop. And I don't, and they were telling, they're just jabbing at me for what I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Contemporary wasn't named contemporary for a long time. It was modern dance. Exactly. And it's just a mix of fusion of styles. And it's the same thing with the hip hop world. Like we don't know what this is called yet. We're in that kind of limbo transition period where we're like, let's call it urban movement for now. Well, and we we do this on, and we've we've debated this on So You Think You Can Dance since Mm -hmm. I've covered it quite a bit over the last few years, and especially the season where they did Stage versus Street in season 12, because hip hop is is a culture. It's not necessarily like a dance style per se. Um, And so, and then if you get within like, I guess, you know, you go into all the subcategories of what hip hop is, like we were saying, like there's juking and then there's pop and locking and then there's Mm -hmm. crumping and there's so many different styles within that and they don't really do that on so you think because asking like a contemporary dancer to start popping and locking in four days is is not realistic it's like asking (laughs) you know someone okay you're going to do point now in four days and you're a hip-hop you know dancer you've never even taken ballet exactly (laughs) okay here you go yeah i mean that's so it's understandable in some ways, but at the same time, it's, it would be nice to educate people a little bit better. They try and throw in every once in a while when they know that they have a crumper on, like the first week they'll do their style, but we don't get really deep dives into that. Yeah, it's, it's tough because it's, hip-hop is still new. It's very new. It's kind of crazy to think of like how new it actually is. Did you see um, The Get Down? Did you see ba- I Baz? I love The Get Down. You oh guys, if you have a Netflix subscription, go and watch The Get Down. It only got one season. It was like a $10 million production, so it's gorgeous. But it's really amazing. gives you the understanding of like where hip-hop culture came from and the birth of it. And you'll see how young it actually is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it just I think it was too expensive for Netflix. <laughs> but... Um, Great choreography from Rich and Tone. Yes. Thought they could have been nominated for an Emmy. Gonna say that. Didn't, but they I deserved that it. Too. Yeah, they, they deserved it for that. Do. Um but I but I think like understanding like exactly where all these roots are, they're relatively young roots. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing when yeah. you think about it. Who do you look up to as a choreographer? I mean, obviously you said like Janet and Paula, who are both like dancers slash choreographers slash musicians. Mm-hmm. Um well, 
I have a couple pairs of mentors that brought me up and I still look up to them. I love today. mentors. <laughs> I love mentors. Seriously. Yes. Uh, so I was, what age was this? Maybe like 20 to about 23. I was mentored by nappy tabs <sighs> and they just taught me like Napoleon taught me how to hear music. I'd be in, in the editing room with him working on the music. Um, and I think the way that Tabitha moves is very, like there's a lot of isolations in it, but there's a lot of groove in it too. And I think that's how I got brought up to move the way I do as well. And the other pair are Shonique and Lisette. I don't know Shonique and Lisette. They are amazing. All right, tell us about <laughs> tell us about them because this is I like we like to discover like new people and make sure that we totally understand like who everyone is in the dance business because the world is huge and growing. So yeah, so Shonique Sneed mm -hmm. and Lisette Bustamante, they are a duo. They um. They choreograph together, they work together, they have a business called Creating Opportunities, mm -hmm. and that is a business where they um, work and mentor uh, dancers to be, to get to a higher potential. And that, that helped me when I was in like a slump. I was in that kind of choreographer's block for a while, mm -hmm. and I just, it was to the point where I almost despised it. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. And they helped me to be able to say yes and no to things. Um, and they also... How did they get you through that? Because I think every artist does go through a slump, whether you're a writer or a painter or anything else. You just are like, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you're on deadline for a something and you're like, what am I going to do? But how do you? How did they push you through that? They asked a series of questions on, on what my purpose is and making sure that I knew what that was. And I didn't know what that was at that time. And they did a simple statement, a simple statement. They said, finish this statement, and it's I am blank. And I just thought about it. And I'm That's like, so open to interpretation right. of what that is. So I remember saying, okay, I'm going to own up to this. I am a leader. I am an innovator. I am a creator. I am a teacher. Okay. And so when I look at those words, I have to make sure that myself, like I immerse myself into what those things are. Mm. And before I thought I had to say yes to a lot of things. I'm like, yes, I'll choreograph for you. Yes, I'll do this. Everything that came at me, I was like, yes, 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 yes. But then I forgot that if it didn't align with who I am, maybe I should say no. Yeah, because then you become scattered and then we don't know what your work is about. It loses focus. And, yeah. and this happens a lot in LA, whether whether you're pursuing acting or, you know, dancing or anything else, it's one of those that we feel like this is our last job. This happens all the time. And you think, like, if I don't take this opportunity and here's, you know, the $500 that the project's bringing or, you know, $5,000, we've all done a job for money. Let's just be honest. <laughs> and you sit there and you think, but I need that $5,000 or I need... But if it's not true and authentic to who you are, and we went through this with Chloe, mm -hmm. she was like, authenticity is Everything. everything. It, Everything. it brings you on your journey and it makes sure that your journey is the correct path. Because if you say yes or you say yes to things that are not aligned with your purpose, you're going to get off track. Yeah, It's going to take you a while to get back on track. So that totally makes sense. Yeah, and it makes sense, you know, just only because I'm familiar with, you know, Nappy Tab's um, career and stuff like that and their trajectory. If you take a look at it, it's very linear and everything really makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if you're not doing that, and you go left and right. It's not saying you can't take risks and, and try something new, but it has to be a building block. 
Yeah, and I think it's about like just knowing who you are inside first with saying I knowing your values. I think that's the most important thing. You got to know your values because if you're asked to say do this this job and it kind of crosses that value, mm-hmm. then it, it's not going to work. It's definitely not going to work. And I think with Nappy Tabs and with Shonique and Lisette, everything that they have done aligns with their values, and that's why I look at them and I'm like, thank you so much for giving me this this lesson. <laughs> yeah, it's important. And I think we, we get afraid sometimes of asking for help or asking someone to mentor us. And I was like, it's everything in this business. It's been kind of a lost art form. I feel like there's a, another surge behind it of like, especially women helping other women, which I love. Yes. Um, I know. I just, it makes me so happy. <laughs> it really does, honestly, because I'm like this we need to be pulling the next generation up because I'm like, they shouldn't have like what we have. They should have better than us mm-hmm. and we want better for them. So, um, cause we've had to fight through certain things and the generation even before that was even harder. So you keep moving forward. Yep. Just mm-hmm. keep on moving it forward. That's amazing. All right. Shonique and Lisette. So yes. I'm going to make sure that we go and check that out yes. for sure. I was like, I love like discovering, you know, new artists and everything else. I, I want to ask because we do have a lot of viewers that love. So you think you can dance and you've, worked on some of the international versions yes i have okay so uh, <laughs> i know i'm like okay i got some questions so it's poland you worked in poland okay mm-hmm. and then let me just look at my list ukraine mm-hmm. which i think is fascinating and scandinavia yes how are they different and how are they the same to what we see in the u.s so let's start off with the um what's the same because that's probably um, easier the first one i worked on was scandinavia mm-hmm. and i got that opportunity because i was in norway teaching for seven weeks Ah. <laughs> and then one of the producers contacted the studio owner that I was teaching for, and he's like, "Well, she's here. Can we bring her in too?" Oh, and <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." So cool. you don't know, like you sit there and like I think people think sometimes like this takes you out of town, but you don't know like mm-hmm. who's looking who or who needs something or mm-hmm. and there's TV over there. Like it's not just us. <laughs> and what's the same about it was the set at that time. Like the first set, the, the very first very, set, yeah, very first ones. So I walked to the stage and I was just like, "You're am like, I, am I in LA right now? <laughs> You're like, am I at CBS Studios? Excuse are, where me. Where are we?" <laughs> and it looked exactly the same with the staircases and the way that all of the lines were, and that's. That's a little weird. I mean, I understand because they probably were just like building the brand at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Do they have the same amount of contestants? I think back in the day it was top 20, so. Yeah. Um, I think they do. I wasn't on the first episode, Mm -hmm. so I know that I came in in the middle. Yep. Um, What I did for the first So You Think You Can Dance uh, show that I did in Scandinavia was a duo. Mm -hmm. And that was... That was definitely an experience because I was young at the time and I was just like, I don't, <laughs> I'm going to put on some, some moves on you. But then, you know, getting into the room where say, what cameras, what cameras can you call? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. But had you done a lot of like <laughs> choreographing for TV at that point? Or, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> but what a great way it was cool. to succeed. And it's okay if you make a couple of mistakes or because it's a great learning experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they so were crazy. really nice to be like, this is how it works. And so it wasn't so... They mostly speak English over there. There weren't too many language barriers or a little bit? Um, They mostly speak English, yes. Yeah. I was like, I'm sure that they're... I mean, obviously they're Scandinavian, but I was like, a lot. they're usually multilingual over there, right. so... Ukraine was another story. I was, Yeah, I knew, I knew <laughs> Ukraine was going to be another story for sure. Um, so... When you do that, are they giving you, like, contemporary dancers to, like, do hip-hop? Or were they hip-hop dancers? Or is it... The two 
luckily, that I got for Scandinavia were two hip-hop dancers. Oh, fantastic. So that was great. Um, when I had Ukraine, I had um, a hip-hop dancer and a contemporary dancer. Okay. And the contemporary dancer did not speak English. Oh, that's hard so because you're already giving her, you have a language barrier and then you have the language barrier of dance. Yeah. So that was tough. But what, I mean, dance is such a universal language. We made it happen. Did, did they provide, or was the other dancer providing sort of um, interpretation back yes. and forth? Yeah. He was really helpful, definitely That's good. helpful. And that dance got a lot of praise because I brought like a kind of a, 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 a slower piece. I didn't do just a hip hop piece, but I did like a lyrical type piece. I love lyrical hip hop. Yeah. And that was the first time it was brought to that Ooh. country. And they were blown away with it. That's so cool when you have the opportunity to introduce them to something new. Was their set very similar as well? Yes. And they've got Same. Like, <laughs> the judges and everything. They have their like Nigel and Mary. And mm -hmm. That's so crazy. Taking it back to, to Scandinavia, yeah. it was really crazy because Scandinavia is um, Norway, Sweden, and Finland. And Finland, yeah. So they had the, the episode structure... And there would be a host speak for every language. For all three countries? Yes. Wow. It was... That's talent. Mind-blowing. <laughs> I was sitting in the audience for the live show. Like, wow, there's three different languages going on. That's a lot. That's a big intro, too. Yes. And, and then when they would talk to the contestants or the judges, was everything done in three languages as well? Or did they just... Do, do you remember? Um... It's kind of interesting to think about, like, how is. is the whole show done, like, with three different... But to, I knew that some of them, like, understood each other. Yeah. So I think... But we were in Norway. So I, I believe that they were um, Norwegian judges. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting, though. It was really interesting. That's so fascinating. And then you also worked in Poland. How was Poland? Poland was great. I did um, a group number and a duo in Poland. And then the next year... I did their boot camp in Morocco. They have a boot camp? So they're like, kind of like their Las Vegas kind of thing. Oh, so they're, they're Vegas week. They go to Morocco? Morocco. What? <laughs> Morocco. When we sent last year, last season, we sent the poor kids to Northridge. <laughs> Northridge, California, the valley. I mean, like, they don't even get Vegas anymore. Yeah. They got to go to Morocco? Yes. Oh, we need yes. to talk to Jeff Thacker and, like, Nigel Lithgow about this. We want to go to Morocco for this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it is this year. It's at a new location. But uh, I was like, that sounds amazing. It so you're amazing. in Morocco doing Vegas week. Um, what was that like? Do they have the same intense process where, you know, everyone gets whittled down each day kind of thing? Same thing. They do their, their workshops with certain styles. Mm -hmm. And then they do cuts and um, lots of... Lots of shooting, and it's it's An a intense crazy week. process. Even for us, too, they're just like, you're going to be in this room at this time and this room at this time, and we're all just moving moving and grooving. Did you get to see anything in Morocco, or, or were you like literally at the hotel just like No, we got dancing? to see a oh. lot. We got to walk around. <gasps> we got to... It was amazing. Oh, my gosh. And they did a little, um, a little ditty with us, like a little video intro for all the choreographers, and they had us go to a Moroccan beach, and we were just dancing on the beach. Were you working with any other American choreographers at the time? Do you remember for Poland? Um, no, it was only me that was there. Wow. That was cool. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you know if any of those are still running? Because I know like some of them, like we lost Canada, I know. and like Scandinavia is not running anymore. Um, 
I, I don't actually know. I don't think the I other don't, two I don't are feel like running. the others. I know. I'm like trying to think because Australia's not running anymore. Like they were big for a while. I want to say that Poland was the longest running uh-huh. for out of the three that I worked with. Yep. Um, because Ukraine was the first episode of the first season that I worked with. Did you call your mother and go, they're taking me to Morocco? (laughs) (laughs) This is true. I'm like, so I'm going to Morocco and working on a boot camp. (laughs) That's amazing, though. I'm like, seriously, you're going to Northridge or you're going to Morocco. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying over that. I mean, it's so different. Um, Here's another one that I really, because we have not talked about this on the show, and I know you were an assistant choreographer on this, but Mm -hmm. um, for a K-pop tour. And I think... Um, a lot, you know, it's been kind of like a subculture thing here in the U.S. with BTS coming over. So popular. It's, it's, it's starting to grow. And so for people to really understand what K-pop is, K-pop is amazing. So many American choreographers go over there and work. But I don't feel like we're bringing that media attention that these are all the choreographers that are working over here. Like Nappy Tabs has done a ton of stuff. Like Tony Testa has done a ton, ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. I know you worked on something. You worked with Girls' Generation. Yes. Tell us what this is like, because this whole thing is incredible. I love the process. Um, I was assistant choreographing for Lisette. Ah, very good. See, there we go. There we go. Bring the name back. The connection. (laughs) The connection. Thank you. (laughs) And it's for Girls' Generation for their Japan tour. So they, you know, they're a Korean pop group, but they made an album Mm -hmm. in Japanese. Wow. (laughs) So that's It was probably amazing, and they were superstars, and... The level of success is incredible, yes. some of these K-pop groups. So what happened was we went into the studio here in L.A., and we had a skeleton crew to be certain girls, because there's nine girls in this group. Wow. Nine. There's a lot. I, I feel, feel like that. BTS is big like that, too. It's like eight Same. or nine, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we went and did that, filmed everything, and I took the videos with me and went to Korea. And did did the work to put the movie. Lisette did not go with you. No. Oh my gosh! So this is a lot. This is a lot of stress (laughs) because I know that you know everything is very specific, um, from the moves to the overall look, the costumes, and everything. When you get over there to set it on them, did anything get sort of shuffled around? And did you have to like call Lisette like every day, like, hey, this is what's happening? No, they had a specific. schedule for us because I think they have a specific schedule for them. Mm-hmm. Their their days are so full where they're just like, you have to go to this shoot this time and then rehearsal this time and it's music lessons this time. They have them working. Oh working. But it was cool because two of the girls that were on this group, they're from California. <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's some American guy too that's yeah. like over there that's like a super like crazy like k-pop star too that he came from the u.s so they had an audition and they made the audition and they went over to korea to be in this group incredible so so they did they say were you able to talk with them a lot just about the experience because i would imagine that this is like they're out of their minds this is so incredible they're singing to like thousands and thousands of people they're adored it was great for me because one they spoke English, and I the other seven didn't speak English well. Yeah. So they were able to translate for me, and I'm like, thank you. Um, and the one one of them that I really talked to, she's from Diamond Bar. Diamond Bar, That's California, Orange County. Yes, where I'm from. <laughs> Another Orange Curtain girl. All right. <laughs> and she was just saying that she didn't, she can't believe that she's in this experience. Like she's every day she wakes up like, wow. 
I'm doing this. <laughs> it's it's insane. Are they making money? Like these girls, are they getting money? Because you know, even um, with the boy bands we had, like in sync and stuff, like their money was being sh- you know shifted elsewhere, and they had to kind of sue to get their money. Like I don't know how it works in in Korea. I don't know how much they're getting, but I know that everything's through the um, entertainment company they're a part yes. of. So with Girls' Generation, they're a part of SM Entertainment. Yes, and there are these big entertainment companies that create these groups. So this is just so people don't haven't you know follow yeah. K-pop, but it's amazing, and they like each have their own look and their own style. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a house or whatever. It really is. It's incredible. Were you just kind of mind blown when you were like working on this? Uh, yes, I was just I can't. Same thing with how Tiffany felt too. I was just like I'm waking up in Korea and I'm about <laughs> to go set some choreography on these girls. This is awesome. <laughs> and how was the movement for it? Because it is it is very stylized, too. It is. Um, they, they're a type of group that's very um, feminine, mm-hmm. and they had to bring that kind of movement, too. But strong, feminine, and confident, I would say. Okay. And that's what Lisette is with how she choreographs, too. And it was a perfect match. Oh, that's great. Were you able to see some of the tour? Did you go out on some of the tour? Or no, you set it and then left? I set it, I left, and then I saw things on YouTube. And it was just crazy seeing these these videos on YouTube, and there's like 100,000 people in this arena? Every night. Every night. Sold out. Sold out, exactly. Yeah. It's Yeah, the K-pop scene. I hope we get more of it here just besides BTS, because I think it's like we need a little like revolution here in music and in overall like look and style and dance, and I'm like, that would be a game changer here. I love how they put so much dance into K-pop. That's oh. what I wish they can do with some American artists. And the videos are incredible. Oh. It's like back in the day when MTV was everything. And that, they weren't doing like really amazing videos until Michael Jackson came along. But mm-hmm. still, it's like it's an artistic expression. So I kind of like that. Yeah. And it reminds me a lot of like Missy Elliott, how she was so yes. game changing. And that's what the K-pop scene's doing right now with their videos. They're doing some crazy different things with um, CGI and, and all their sets and their... Just, it's so extravagant. They're short films. is really what they are. They're not just like music videos. They're not just like throwing something together. I mean, they're making they're making art. They are in the K-pop style. I love that. There's a big <laughs> K-pop convention that comes here, and I need to like go one day and just like check it out. Because yeah. they do it here, like in downtown LA, like once a year. Or I something. spoke on one of the panels. You did um, a few years ago about my experience. It was really fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because people that follow it, I mean, they can tell you everything about it. It's unbelievable. I love that. Um, As I said, we're always like running short on time, but I really want to talk about, um, let's talk about establish your empire and some, some of this, we were talking about female empowerment, like what you've been working on, because this is really amazing and it's equal pay day. So, Hey, Hey, this is a good day to talk (laughs) about it. Well, I have two businesses. One of them is establish your empire Mm -hmm. and we are six years in the running. It's really crazy to me because I'm just like, wow, six years in the running. I've had 41 dance training programs under this um, business Mm -hmm. and over 500 alumni members. And it was, um, it's just amazing to see how many dancers come in and out and see what they do after my program. Um, So is this like a mentoring program for their careers? Yes. Okay. And it's more, I don't want to say it's a program that's just like, here's the movement. We're going to teach you just movement, movement, movement. But it's more about the mindset. Mm -hmm. And I really love to teach that because you just, you have to have the right mindset to be out here, to be out here and to be. Every day. You can't can't slack on that. So that's what I like to bring with these programs. And we, um, 
we do a lot of different things from from goal setting to uh, finding their purpose mm-hmm. to finding what their true authentic movement is because a lot of times we're, we're brought up by other teachers and we look like those teachers but then we go off and we're 18 and we're like well what's our movement really like is it that person or who am I what's my style exactly so that's really it's really been cool to have this program because I've had some alumni members go on to dance with Beyonce and Lady Gaga and um, Demi Lovato and it's just been I see them on stage and I'm like you are living your life that's right you are doing it and you have a dancer and a choreographer track is that correct yes that's really important I think too the choreographer track is the newest one Mm -hmm. and I brought that um, to life last year it's called build your brand Mm -hmm. and it's a mentor um, program where we worked with choreographers to find what their true uh, message is, what their message is, what their movement is, and what their their um, purpose is with this. Like, because you can be a choreographer and you can be dancing, or you you can be working for an artist, mm-hmm. but you can also be a concert choreographer. That's right. You can also be a choreographer that works at. Um, at a university. You know, you can be a teacher. That's There's so many different avenues where people don't know where they can fit until they find out this is available for them. That's right. And a lot of them do overlap and things like that. And I think we need to figure out a way. There's actually going to be a big um, Dance USA conference that's coming mm-hmm. up in June, and they're doing a panel. I will be moderating, you guys. But it's all about the commercial dance world and how the commercial dance world can help the concert dance world and bring the two of them together. So when I am able to announce some of the panelists, you guys, I'll let you know because it's going to be good. But I think that that's super important, too, because you don't have to just be a commercial dancer or a commercial choreographer. You can bridge several worlds on this. And you can make your your own outlet. And I think that's, for me, what that's what I did because... I am, ever since that first carnival piece that I talked about, I've always been women empowerment. Like, how can we empower each other? How can we empower others? And that has been my path. And in this past year, I've been able to, or past few years, I've been able to open up for women's conferences and have some pieces open up there. Awesome. I've been able to put together my first um, series, my video series of women empowerment videos with different concepts and different storylines those are all on youtube too you guys you should go and check them out because they're amazing um and that's just what i want to bring like the female narrative and you did a very large piece recently with a cast of 50 i understand (laughs) 50 is not show that's a very large show (laughs) i mean i was just sitting there thinking you know oh we've got beyonce at coachella this week and she's using 100 dancers wow that's a ton and you know that they have to be on point it's beyonce when you're trying to get together 50 people I mean, what was the biggest challenge there? <laughs> the biggest challenge was to, um, it, honestly, it wasn't even the choreography because I feel like that comes natural to me on when my purpose is so strong. But I think what comes out is, uh, is, is the organization of it. Yes. Like organizing all the rehearsal times, the studio space. These people need to know about this, what they're wearing. These people need to know about that because it was an hour show. Mm-hmm. And I had 11 live pieces. <laughs> you decided to make it as complicated as possible. Yeah, yeah you're like, this is no big deal. <laughs> but that's, I mean, when it was all said and done, you must have felt like this was, this, I've really, you know, accomplished something. It felt right. Yeah. It, it felt right. And everybody there was so, um, 
great about it. They there's people there's I remember there's this one woman that came up to me after the the show. She was she must have been in her in her seventies with her friend and I gave them all giveaways that were notebooks because I called it this the show was called Stories from Her and mm-hmm. it's about females um, giving their stories about their lives. And I gave them notebooks, and it said, I hope this inspires you to write your story. So she came up to me, and she's like, I'm going to use this tomorrow because I'm so inspired to write my story, and I know it's not too late. And I'm like, no, it's never too late. It's never too late. (laughs) It's never too late to share your story. I know, and I think people hear, they start thinking of the number. I'm like, I'm this many years old, and I can't, you you can do whatever you set your mind to. I mean, that's that's the beauty of art, especially. Which is amazing. Definitely. Um, we do have to start wrapping up. I know, okay. which is like kind wow. of shocking. I know it really does go by so quick. <laughs> Where can everyone find like all of your videos? Where can they connect with you on social media? They can go to my YouTube, and that is youtube.com at Gigi Taurus. Super easy. Yep. And then my Instagram and my Twitter are Gigi Torres. So G E E G. T-O-R-R-E-S. <laughs> <laughs> and on Facebook, too, everywhere. I know. Are we still using Facebook? I'm not sure yet. Like, after today, he was he was, he was talking to Senate. I was like, are we still doing this? I don't know. We'll, fi- we'll find out. But definitely Instagram and definitely Twitter, for sure. Um, one thing I do want to mention to everyone, um, and I always like to give you guys a little bit of dance history, which I think is always amazing. Donald McHale, who was an incredible, incredible African-American choreographer, passed away over the weekend. Oh. Um, but here's the thing. It's, we are so lucky that we have YouTube and we have all these wonderful things, all these tools to let all the work continue to live on. Um, if you've never seen Rainbow Round My Shoulder, go look it up on YouTube. It is one of his epic pieces. It's really about the African-American experience, and he really brought it to the masses, and I think that's super important. And that's a modern piece because that's the era that he choreographed in but it would be a contemporary piece for all y'all and then if you're someone who is into the broadway scene and the tap scene he also choreographed sophisticated ladies on broadway with hinton battle there's an amazing piece on youtube so go and check that out because we need to know who came before us for sure Gigi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank this you was for great. Me. I know, I know. And I'm like, I cannot wait to see what you and Chloe do together. I just know hey. you and Chloe Arnold is going to be great. All right, you guys, thank you for joining us here at To the Point with Kristen Burt. Next week, we are going to have Morgan Larson. You guys asked, you saw her on the Dancing with the Stars tour. She'll be here in studio. For more dance news, be sure to check out dancenetwork.tv. And of course, thank you to Popcorn Talk. We'll see you next week. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.